Don't worry. All right. Well, this is take number five now. You guys, you guys don't hear the behind the scenes, but this is Touring Giants podcast, episode number three. I'd like to welcome Rav. My name is Farhad, and thank you guys for checking us out again and again. How's everybody doing? Hope everyone's doing fine. Rav, how are you, brother? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. How are you doing? Doing all right. Lots of stuff to discuss. Again, um, we'll, 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 we'll take some content from Twitter. We'll talk about um, stuff that, that's in the news. We'll, we'll take listener questions. And again, thank you guys for giving a crap enough to type up a question and, <laughs> and, and have us discuss it. I, I, I repeat it again and again. I don't understand why people care, but thank you guys so much for, for listening to our opinion and, have, and being part of this podcast. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> let's take care of the business. You have a podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook, as well as at uvafc.com on Twitter. Um, Rob also has an Instagram page. Please follow him. Yes. Same thing as the Twitter at uvafc.com spelled out. Uh, ways to listen to us, uvafc.com, the website, greatest UVA website in the world, on Spotify, on iTunes, and on SoundCloud. Also, Google Podcasts. I was, I was informed that there's a Google Podcasts app that you can listen to us through. Um, all right, where do we start? Of course, I'm, you, guys are, <laughs> you guys are kidding yourselves if you think we have a plan, so we'll just, we'll just wing it. So, <laughs> so, Do you want to cover the game from, from a couple of days ago, Juve Brescia? You want to talk about that, uh, that mishap uh, I mean, that almost happened? <laughs> it was, I, I mean, it was kind of, it was one of these games, and I think there's, there's maybe a few of these games where you, you just kind of think to yourself, well, there was a load of injuries, there were kind of important players out, we had to change the formation, we had to try something a little bit different. Brescia can be quite a stubborn sort of, tricky side to break down and again it was like there were there were some really good moments there were some things that were really really positive that i really liked like uh aaron ramsey like dibala um i think that's it really to be honest it was mostly just yeah. them two the rest of it was kind of was kind of okay but i mean i i just keep going back to the idea that this is still work in progress you know so we just we take the three points we run you know we we don't have to sort of dwell too much on the performance we're still unbeaten um we've got tougher games to come we're also we're also going to have a bit more time to to kind of get everyone back and sort of regroup and and maybe you know things are going to improve in terms of the way we're playing but yeah i, I think these early couple of games we're only what week five week six i think we're still going to see performances that are going to be really disjointed we're going to see some players really stepping up we're going to see some players still maybe struggling to, to kind of adapt the, the mm -hmm. change sure. and the one thing that i just really quickly i wanted to say not that, really quickly <laughs> this is dude we, we got nothing but time go ahead <laughs> okay so the one thing that i really wanted to, to kind of point out is that the this whole idea that people keep going back to about Sadi not being good enough for Juve and, and we're already starting to see people complaining and moaning and bitching and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, this this team is going to take time to adapt to his ideas. He's had uh, he's had the, the summer and that's it pretty much and now we're straight into the deep end. So he's had uh, four or five sort of non-competitive games in the summer. He's still finding his feet. We've had injuries. The team are 
going to take time to adapt because whether you like it or not, they're no different to us. They have habits, they have behaviors, they have ways that they like to play. And when certain things happen on the pitch, I've noticed sometimes they, they kind of go back to that mentality that we used to have uh, in the past, last season, where you bastard, they, they you, like, you you stole my words out of my mouth. That was that was that was going to be my point, but but then it, that just proves that it's true. Like like my my opinion was validated. All right, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you, no. I, I just just really you know just just to kind of highlight on that is just the fact that they they keep going back to uh, sort of stepping off. Like where Sadi wants us to keep pressing and wants the team to be really intense and kind of pressure them high up the pitch and. And, and don't give up possession so cheaply. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of these players are going to have to kind of unlearn what they've learned for the last God knows how many years. It's very un like almost yeah. to kind of rely on the defense to kind of break down the midfield and sort of sit back on a, on a two-goal lead or whatever, a one-goal lead or, you know, whatever you like. So, yeah, it's going to take time. And if people don't like it, tough because the club don't care <laughs> you know what your opinion is you you can sit there and moan and bitch every weekend but you're not going to do it for anyone other than you and no one's paying attention so uh you know opinions are good everyone needs to have opinions you need to you know have a place to vent which is fine but when it's every single week and it's only been what, five weeks uh it, it's going to get boring real quick so yeah. that's literally all i had to say it was basically my impression as well of the game, you can still see the old Allegri tactics kind of <laughs> still in the back of the players' minds. It's, it's sort of slow, you know, a lot of back passes. But then all of a sudden you see these, the sec, uh, uh, this sequence of passes that is so quick and we get rid of the opponent super fast and then all of a sudden we're in front of the goal. So I think it's going to take time. And it's um, it was one of those games that, that I always go back to how people make fun of us, people who don't like Juve, they make fun of the eight years oh. of winning. But it's those, it's these type of, types of games that make you the champion. It's, you know, the big games are fun and all, but these are the games yeah. where you go down 0-1 uh, to Brescia, and, and you have to find a way uh, to, to climb your way back against the team yeah. that is refusing to lose. And, you know, the, the keepers are having the the game of their lives again you know the, you, you, you know we every once in a while maybe two or three times a year the smaller teams just just come out blazing so it was one of those games that was uh that we could have easily lost they played really well um and we just we just kind of scraped by uh there were some moments of brilliance there were some moments that uh that were that were upsetting. I mean, uh, just another injury within the first 20 minutes, another muscular injury to Danilo. He's out. I, I, do you know how long he's out for? They have said that he will come back after the international break. And I think Dishilio is going to come back oh, at the goodness. same time as well. Yeah. So we're looking at like two, three weeks at least, which oh, is rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Costa should be back soon. Wasn't he out for a month? And that happened a couple, couple of weeks ago, I think, right? I think Costa is, I think they said around about a month, but the estimation was, I think, like middle of October, towards like the end of October. I oh, think they're about, okay. plus, I suppose, yeah, he's going to need to start training before he's fit. So I think we're, I think like the conservative estimate would be 
maybe start of November, just to be on the safe side. So, well, speak, yeah. speaking of that, uh, thank you guys for your questions on the on Instagram at UV Podcast. Man from Beyond eighty seven. This is the question for you. This, this has the, this is formations. Okay. So I'm I'm out. He says, "What do you think we should do with the uh, right back or left back situation? Emre Can should get a chance as a right back, or shouldn't he? What do you think?" Uh, switcheroo. Yeah, I I know what you're saying. I mean, t to be honest, if it was me, I would rather, I would much rather we try Demiral a right back because I think he has played there in the past. He's he's kind of like a sort of a hard tackling, no nonsense type of player. I think he can get forward. He's got a good pass on him. Um, I would much rather he play at right back. Uh, or the other option would be, which seems really weird, but. We could always play three five two. We could always go back to the kind of what made us great under Conte and, and sort of um, have Demiral and Delict and Bonucci uh, all in the back line, and then have I suppose you'd have Bernadeschi playing as like a sort of a right wing back, um, and then have Cuadrado on the left playing as the wing back, and then you could have I suppose uh, Ramsey, Matuidi, and Pjanic in the middle, and then uh, DiBala and uh, Cristiano up top. Um, but yeah, I think the, the fullback thing is is really, really concerning because it just seems like they, they really didn't plan for it. Like we, we bought a lot of centre-backs and we looked pretty covered there, even though Chiellini was sort of injured, you know, straight away. And um, But at the fullback position, I, I can't understand why they let Pellegrini go. I mean, even if he was going to sit on the bench and, and just kind of be a backup, you can already see that Di Chilio is... is pretty injury prone. Danilo is pretty injury prone. Uh, Sandro seems to be the only fit. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wrap, and, wrap, and wrap that guy in bubble wrap because we, we can't, we, yeah. this is, he's the best player of the season so far. Last, he's last few months. Been a, so he's, he's been, a, he's been great. And I think just, just really quickly, like a quick detour, but just to give a shout out to, to him because of what he's going through. Um, I, I don't know if everyone has said, but he has to go back to Brazil because his father's passed away. Uh, so he's he's not going to be playing this week. So, yeah, like sending much love that, that guy's yeah. way. Cause it's, yeah, it's a horrible thing to go through. But, yeah, I, I think the options are either we play, um, realistically, either we play Cuadrado at left back or right back. Um, with uh, Demiral coming in at right back. So, yeah, Cuadrado at left back. So we play a four-man back line and then the usual stuff. Or we change it and we go 3-5-2. And I think there has been a slight suggestion today that he may possibly do that. I think he's always been very kind of anti that because I don't think it works pretty well in, in terms of what he likes to, to do. But um, we'll see. I, I think more than likely... Um, I guess I think he'll stick 4-3-3 and, and maybe try someone else at, uh, at left back or right back, to be honest. So, yeah, er, it's, er, it's just... Er, early game for Juve um, on Saturday against Spal. Should, yeah. should be a good game. I, You know what, to be honest, I'd sit Ronaldo, Ronaldo up for this one too. Uh, maybe play him at yeah, the end, just, maybe give him a few minutes, but... Yeah. Uh, and, and we've, you, we've you, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, we, we, we've got uh, Leverkusen on Tuesday or Wednesday. So it's, uh, it's definitely like more important to have him fit for that. So, okay. yeah, against Spal, who are going to just be really, like, really, really stubborn and really difficult to break down. I think, you know, keeping him in reserve and, and maybe 
just try something else. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Quadrado. All the hate that he gets, including from me, uh, I think given um, a chance, he, he, he stepped up. He, um, he's, uh, you know, a lot of mistakes that he's, he, he was making, I think it was because he was fighting for that starting spot and he was just trying to do too much, basically. Uh, but I think this time around, and, and you know, Atletico game, he, he was great. He r ran his ass off, scored a beautiful goal, goal of the week. You know, that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Um, but I think, he, I think he stepped up. I think he's making a lot of smart moves. There's, there's old Quadrado here and there. Um, I remember the <laughs> first minute of the game against Brescia. Uh, Ramsey, in his first start, had a potential of having an assist within the first minute. Great, uh, uh, great job finding Cuadrado. But Cuadrado did what Cuadrado does. But then he he um, he, he fixed a few things and and you know glad to have him back. I'm glad to eat my words because I, I was not the biggest fan last couple of years. But he stepped up big time. Uh, moving on to a different question. You mentioned Conte, and I think that's a perfect time to bring him up as well. Uh, on Instagram, DJ email underscore R. He asks, um, is Inter a real threat to Juventus? What do you think? Yes. Great question. Yeah. Very hate, timely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hate to admit it, but yeah, absolutely. Because I think they, um, they're back in Europe, but I don't think Europe is going to be a priority for them. I don't think they're going to be too bothered if they, you know, scrape through the group stages or if they don't, because I think more important than anything else for them is is to win uh, the the Scudetto. I think they're going to go and give everything towards winning Serie A. Uh, and Conte is he's the same. It seems everywhere he goes, he's brilliant in Italy. But when it comes to European competition, he's not exactly the most sort of forward thinking. Um, what he likes to do seems to work really well uh, in terms of like the domestic competitions. And I think more so than anything else, they've got they've got the um, the defence really, really working well. They've got a really tight, hard-working, kind of like a ruthless, efficient defence. They've got, I think, a really exciting midfield as well. Um, yeah. Barella and, and Sensi are, are just two ah, like really like, incredible like, like, talents. You, yeah. You're really good with the transfers and with the rumours, and, of course, you cover all of that on your Twitter. And, and if you don't follow, if you just open, if you're a UVF fan, open an account just to follow Rob at UVF. <laughs> UVFC.com. Throw us in there oh, too okay. at Juve Podcast. But um, uh, you you know a lot more about you know transfers because you you have to keep up with them. Yeah. Were we ever after Borella? I think briefly we were linked with him, um, very very briefly. But I don't think they particularly wanted to commit. I think because they had players like Pjanic and Matuidi and various others at that time. Um, yeah, there was nothing ever sort of concrete. It was really kind of from the the less reliable places that like to link us to every single player so yeah i think even if i was barella uh, if he was playing uh, as he was at that particular time and if juve came along i would turn juve down because there's not a chance in hell i would want to come and sit on juve's bench when i'm you know playing for the national team so mm -hmm. um yeah he did, i think they did a really good job of convincing him at inter and basically said look you're going to be like the the fulcrum of the midfield and uh and he accepted and he's doing fantastic but yeah i, th I think they're going to run us like the whole way i think that it's going to be one of these races that are that's going to be really tight i think probably napoli are going to be up there as well and well, Napoli I'm lost not... yesterday. 
Um, <laughs> but, but going back to Barella, I mean, the second you see him, you know he's something special. As I watched uh, um, the Milan Derby, and he was brilliant. So yeah. you, you can see right away that the kid's got nothing but winning on his mind. He's got that killer mentality, the great pass to, uh, to Lukaku, placed it perfectly, ran his ass off the whole game. I, I really, man, it hurts me to say that, but I really do enjoy his, I really hope he, <laughs> he I really hope this is just the peak of his career with Inter, but what, what's he, <laughs> what, what he's shown so far has been great. And uh, going back to Inter, they do look great. You, you mentioned that at, at this stage, they just need to be, they just need to stop being a banter club. I think, yeah, I yeah. think, you know, Conte was brought on to, to bring him back to the top in Italy. And I got to be honest, they do look, they do look scary. Um, they do look compact and, and the, the team finally has a leader to believe in. We all know what Conte can do to, uh, to players on the sideline. I mean, uh, when they score, yeah. they, they come to celebrate with him. They, they finally do see a leader in him. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's uh, got to be honest. If 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 it's if it is a two horse race in Italy, what could be better than Juve Inter going at it? Um, it's been it's been a while since yeah. the the true fans, you know, the the true neutrals have been interested in Serie A like that. Napoli and Roma are great. Don't get me wrong, but what's more appetizing than than Juve and Inter, you know, fighting for the spot? But then again, we might be wrong. A lot of people might be saying right now, "Hey, this happens year after year." The you know December mm. December comes and Inter just does what Inter does. But I do think with uh, Conte has a lot to prove with all the hate that he received from from Juve fans, and he, he's got a chip on his shoulder definitely. And hey, he won a, he won the EPL in his first year with Chelsea. That's that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Do we hope him? Do exactly. do we do we wish him well? Absolutely not. But I think they I think they got <laughs> true potential because you you can see the players fighting for every ball, and that's that's just that's what we did first three years with him. You know what I mean? It's that's exactly it. I think you nailed it when you said that it's it's Conte. It, the biggest and best thing that they did this summer was get him. They got the other players for him, and and these players are performing really well. But. So much of what they're doing right is down to him. I think that getting Conte was was the biggest and best signing in in a long time. So yeah, and, I don't like saying that, but it's the truth. Uh, listen, yes, he he was a, he's a Juve legend. He's he he was the captain for Juve forever. Uh, those who haven't seen him play, imagine him playing the way he's coaching. That was him. That was you know uh, he personified what Juve is all about on the pitch. Then he moved on. You know, it's it's so funny to see how people are unhappy that he's he's moved to Inter. Listen, it's it's not the prettiest thing in the world. You know, his comments. I, I, I what was his comments the last couple of days? He was saying that. I he, think he said something like, "Yeah, he basically said that I'm at Inter now, and I'm an Interista, and I will remain an Interista even after I leave." And then I think, I mean, I I tweeted that segment because I hated him saying that, but I think he also said that. Yeah, that kind of applies to every club that I've coached. So every mm -hmm. club that I go and work at, you know, I, I remain like loyal to them. But for him to say that about Inter in particular, that's yeah, not good. That, that, I, that hurt. I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But seriously. What, what, yeah, what, what, I, think, what I think what I think about it is, listen, the, the man started started at the bottom uh, as a 
assistant coach, they moved on to body, and then they, uh, he coached a couple of other teams. And then Juve. I mean, Juve was he was thrown to the wolves and you know won the league three three times in a row. This is incredible achievement. And then he, you know Chelsea, and then th this is just he, he. This is just another promotion for him. This is just another job. I think for a coach, it's a little different than than for a player. You're a little more invested into the fans. You're you're, you're, you know, you score goals, you celebrate with them, and especially now with the social media, fans feel like they're part of the uh, part of the team as well, uh, a little more than we we you know back in the '90s where you watch the game, read it about it in the newspaper, watch a TV show, and you're done. Now, you know, social media and all that stuff, it's it's just part of the game. And I feel like, yeah. listen, he worked his ass off to to be given this chance and. <laughs> Can't fault him for that. He totally did, but it, uh, I, I can completely fault him. Like seriously, I I get the rational side. You know, like when you're thinking about football rationally, and you're saying, okay, well, it's another job. He wanted to come back to Italy. There was nowhere else. He had to go there, and blah blah blah. It's a job, and they pay him. I get that completely, but the Juventus, like the Juventino in me, just says, how the fuck can you go and work for Inter after everything that's happened? Like, there's no rationalizing that for me. So. I'm quite happy to, to kind of be completely irrational when it comes to Conte and Inter mm -hmm. and, and all that kind of shit. So, I, like I said, I, I get it when people write to me and say, oh, you're being ridiculous. It's a job. He has to work. He has to earn. I get that. But at the yeah. same time, it's Inter and it's Juve. Don't ever expect me to rationalize that. You know, you're right. I, I mean, you, you, <laughs> you, you can't be a sports fan and be rational at all times. That's part of, that's yeah, the fun part about being a sports fan is just, you, you just, some some things just exactly. don't make sense, and some things are just That's embedded in you, and you just can't change them. I agree. Listen, I will truly enjoy their fall from grace. <laughs> For now, they're you know they're they're on top of the world, unbeaten, no draws, all you know, all wins. Let's see how it goes, man. I think we spend way too much time on the Juve on the Turin Giants podcast talking about Inter. So let's move on. <laughs> but I'm glad we covered it because Inter is flying high and it's. If if it does come yeah. down to two teams and you know uh, we get a we get the last last match day win Ronaldo scoring a winning goal how sweet would that be? Uh, <laughs> actually, the, the, uh, the, this wasn't planned, but I just remembered there's a there's a question on Twitter. Camran, uh, when Camran Juve, I think that's was that Cami mm -hmm. Juve is a famous yeah, Twitter yeah. account. He was saying that would What's you that? would you take an inter the the inter winning the scudetto if it meant juve wins champions league and i just couldn't believe that some people were saying most of the people actually were saying no way no i i'd rather lose the champions league again and win Serie A <laughs> than see them lift the scudetto what, what are your thoughts on it ah oh, jesus i'm gonna catch a lot of shit if i <laughs> if i say um that's a really, really good question. And that literally has me like split down the middle. That That's tough. Um, is it though? I think. Be it, honest. Is it, it, it is, Champions seriously. League? Bro, <laughs> <laughs> it's so difficult for me to answer. But I would, I would say Champions League simply because of where we are, what we, what we've invested in, what we're trying to do. And I would, I would take it. Let them, let them like feed off our scraps. You know, we won it eight years in a row. Completely, you know, we can, completely. We can win I mean, it next season. If I mean, when do we get the chance? Yeah. Sorry, I, I totally interrupted you again. I apologize. 
No, 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 it's fine. I was just going to say that literally that's it. I, I would take it because uh, just because of what we've invested to get to where we are now. I think if we were to win City A again, it, it would be great. I would love it. But failure in Europe again would just be we'll, so... We'll definitely overweigh the ninth in a row. Yeah. You know, it's... it's and yeah. and speaking of interrupting you, guys, I apologize. This is We're not face-to-face. -face. It's kind of hard to see, you know, signals of, you know, who's talking and who's not. Uh, obviously, Rob is yeah. across the ocean. I'm in Chicago. He's in Great Britain. So we apologize if we kind of step over each other. And we hope you forgive you. Uh, we for, uh, you yeah, forgive us. So... um. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's, listen, Juve finally winning the Champions League after, what, 23, 24 years. I, I, I wrote on Twitter, I, yeah. will, I will go to San Siro and strip down to my boxers and give them the Scudetto <laughs> trophy if it meant that, you know, Champions League is finally coming back to, to Turin. And I've said that again and again. Once we finally pop that Champions League cherry, uh, I think yeah. we'll see more within the next few years maybe not twice in a row that's super difficult to do but i think within the next 10 years you know how champions league is in cycles i think th th i think we can achieve much more than just one once we figure out the formula for winning the champions league all right moving on to a question from our friend rb from tehran shout outs to our iranian uh followers hi farhad do you guys think Chesney deserves to start over Gigi? That's a that's a no-brainer, right? What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I just feel like it's nice, like you said, it's kind of like a nice throwback, and, and we kind of get to relive, you know, like past memories, which is great, and seeing him at home and all that stuff, which is good. But if we start playing him, uh, you know, where are we going to be when it gets to May? of 2020 and we've got you know a really good keeper sitting on the bench who hasn't had any game time because you know we're still relying on, on Buffon I think it's better if Chesney comes out I think it's better if he plays if he makes you know the occasional mistake is not all the time but the occasional mistake is is okay um and I think also you have to remember that he doesn't have Chiellini in front of him anymore you know it's it's going to take time I think okay maybe some of the mistakes that he's that he's made have been on him and it's it's been down to his sort of reactions and, and his decision making but also the, the Juve back line in, in general just looks like it's needing a little bit of time to, to kind of get to its best so yeah it, it has to be Chesney Chesney has to play every single week unless it's like a you know like a Coppa d'Italia game or something yeah. like that hey so, uh, by, yeah, by any means Buffon Buffon had, had a couple of great saves especially at the end of the game where you know up to one I believe and he, he yeah. made a stop that could have changed the, the outcome of the game and still reliable, still quick. But yeah, I mean, that my only problem with Chesney is um, the, the back passes are a, little, are a little worrying because one quick, yeah. you know, one quick movement from the opposing player that's pressing him and that's a mistake. And I believe he did make a couple of mistakes, didn't he? He did, yeah. He's he's made a couple of. I mean, like the goal that we conceded against uh, Brescia the other day. I think um, he could have done better on that. And I think there's been other times as well. But again, I I just I don't know if it's always on him because he he always struck me as a player that really 
like thrives on confidence you know he gives out he exudes a lot of confidence mm. and we saw that when he when he sort of took over from Buffon and the players around him kind of look more relaxed and more composed because because they kind of got that off him and I think it's like a two-way thing and I think with all the changes now um having Danilo at right back and having Delicht come in at, at centre back you know playing right in front of him I think maybe that kind of transmits something to him and, and he he's kind of maybe not relying so much on his instincts and trying to kind of anticipate things too much. I don't know. But, and again, the, the playing style under Sadi as well, it's, it's a lot of, you know, sort of playing the ball around to feet and playing the ball around the, the back line. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to take time. You know, he's he's going to take time like all the other players. Yeah, but I, I, I think we're super fortunate that Chesney didn't really have that transition period where we we, we saw him make mistakes, which... Yeah. Is, he he was brilliant from the start. Um, again, we saw his brilliance in the Champions League game. Uh, the, the the save was great. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, we're 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 super lucky to to have. I mean, look at look at Courtois and at 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 Real. I think this was his first clean sheet in months. And you you know you're you're always risking buying a keeper that's uh, that's not world class. And you know Chesney. Never really played for top five teams, you know Arsenal and Roma, great teams, but we were definitely yeah. risking buying him, and I think that truly paid off. All right, let's move on. I don't think Chesney gets gets a lot of praise on this podcast, so we wanted to make sure to give him uh, yeah. to give him a little exposure because he's he's been great, great, um, um, right. great attitude. He's yeah. he's fun on and off the pitch. You know, you can see that he he <laughs> likes. I, I always love players that have a smile on their face. That's why I like Ronaldinho because when you see when you saw him play, he looked like he he was a kid playing at the beach somewhere. You know, yeah. he was always having so much fun. Um, yeah. All right, so Daniel, on Twitter, this is this is again this is the question for you. Um, yeah. Daniel, thanks a lot for listening and thanks a lot for contributing as always. Uh, how can Sari fit DiBala, Costa, Ramsey, and Ronaldo into his formation, realistically? <laughs> That's a tough one, but I think the only realistic yeah. way, yeah, like the only realistic way of doing it is playing, um, playing four. I think so. You play Costa right, you play Cristiano on the left, you play Dybala it's kind of a false nine, and you play Ramsey in, in the three in midfield. But the only downside there is that you know Ramsey is a little bit further away from from uh, the the front three. Um, the other day he did really well because he played, I think, in that sort of space just behind the front two. So if you were to put him there, you could definitely have Cristiano playing as like a, a kind of a sort of a striker and not having to do so much legwork. You could have Dybala playing next to him, have Ramsey just behind, but then you miss out on Costa. So, yeah, it, it's kind of a tough one, but I think the only way forward is going to be 4-3-3 and having uh, Ramsey in the midfield somewhere in that three, I think. And there's a couple of questions. People are really, um, we're, we're kind of discussed all of this and the injuries are really worrying our fans. Uh, the lackadaisical guy with Fit Costa, uh, what will be the formation and how will Ramsey fit? I don't think we'll spend much more time on, on formations. Just we're going to have to see what, what the coach does. Um, um, I can't pronounce S-N-J-U-U-Q. Uh, he's asking your thoughts on a three-man backline given the lack of fullbacks. Again, we've sort of touched on that. 
um, Domenico. Just one thing. Go ahead. So I was going to say one thing on on <laughs> one thing on playing like a, a back three. I would just I would love it if he did use uh, like a three five two against Spal this weekend, and then we go and play Inter like the following weekend, and we play three five two and we beat them. You know, like using Conte's kind of his sort of like his, his go to formation against them. Yeah. Exactly, that would be awesome. I mean, that, but that's just me thinking out loud and, and being childish. But there you go. <laughs> th- th- that will be one hell of a game, um, October sixth yeah. at San yes. Siro. I mean, you 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 never know what what kind of tifo they're going to present. Um, listen, yeah. I was watching uh, Derby della Madonnina, and it's just one of those games that you have to visit, even though you you you're not a fan of either team. One of the teams, Milan. I'm you know, I, there's no hate there. There's you know, competitive edge, but uh, as far as Inter, but that's it's just one of those games that you have to go visit because the atmosphere is is electric. There, you know, it's uh, man. So that that will be one hell of a game, October sixth. Um, yeah. Do- Domenico, he's he's asking a question that <laughs> there's really no definitive answer, but he's really worried about our free kick. So I wanted to give our man Domenico uh, at Dom Longo twenty two. I wanted to give him some, yeah. some time. Why does a CR7 have to take all the free kicks? Such wasted opportunities to score. So, so frustrating. We have a proven, all caps, uh, goal scorers <laughs> in Pjanic and Dybala. And, um, yeah. and, and his follow-up question is, it's 1-1 versus... Free kick just outside the box. Who's taking it? All right. I, I actually yeah. like that question. Um, <laughs> it's, you know what, for, for me, it, it's like, it's just a no brainer because I, I don't know if you saw today, there was like a, a statistic that came out about, um, how many free kicks Cristiano has, has sort of, uh, I'm not going to say, but how many free kicks have sort of hit the wall and, and, and haven't found the target. But yeah, for me, it has to be Pjanic. It has to be Pjanic, then Dybala, or, or depending on where it is on, on the pitch, it has to be one of those two. I, I, I just I don't see the point in constantly kind of giving it to Cristiano in the hopes that he's going to, you know, like blast it in from God knows how far out. It just it doesn't seem worth it. It really doesn't. I think It's rarely hitting the target, too. You know, it's 99% of the time it hits the wall. It's really frustrating, but it's one of those things that comes with the territory. I think... I think he he really wants that goal, and it would just it's you know a lot of people would disagree, but it's um it's just you know that's that's what comes with territory it's just you, you you're gonna have to um, yeah. take an l on that and and give Ronaldo his chance uh Domenico follows up with another one <laughs> he's saying <laughs> if Pirlo was still on a team, who would take the free kicks him or or uh, or Ronaldo, which is obviously you know. Pirlo with his with his it's, completion it's ratio is it's a no brainer as well. We posted a a thread with your unpopular opinions, and I thought Daniel um, again, you know, something I wanted to discuss. Dybala is the future of Juve, due to his dedication and sacrifice. He's elite, but his char- he has character flaws. His marketability is huge. Juve will regret selling him for any money, anytime. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is an alien, but Sarri should build a team around La Hoya. And uh, yeah. there was a couple of people that were saying that as well. What do you think? Completely agree, to be honest. I think we, we've kind of gone through that summer of 
you know, sort of thinking what the team would be like if if he wasn't there and if he was going to United or Spurs. And I think a lot of people just like the consensus seemed to be that he didn't necessarily fit with the way that Allegri was playing last season and he may not fit with the way Sadi was playing, but wherever he was going to go, he would end up just like tearing it up. And I'm so glad that he stayed, but we we saw in the last couple of games in particular where he played a slightly different role. He wasn't scoring, he wasn't assisting, but just the yeah. positions that he was getting in the kind of link-up play that he had, the, the chances he was creating, the space he was occupying, the way he was moving from like flank to flank, um, he just he just has this kind of ability to sort of to think one step ahead, he really does. He hasn't shown it so much in the in the last couple of, uh, I suppose, in the last season in particular. But again, I don't think that's on him. So, yeah, I, I think absolutely. I think we've got maybe a year, maybe two years left of Cristiano the most. And I think if we really want to kind of progress, we need to, to sort of have a, a star sort of ready for when Cristiano goes, someone that we can build the, the team around. And Dybala has, okay, if you want to take away the the sort of the whole aspect of his playing style and all the rest, his market sort of marketability, his appeal to mm-hmm. people is, is huge. He's a massive player and he's a brilliant player on the pitch as well. I just feel like he now has to kind of undergo a sort of a period of learning and adapting and deciding. Yeah, and, and, and I think the team is now realizing it because you see a lot more um, Dybala content on Juve's social media. They just now posted a, yeah. a, a, a video on Twitter. And yeah, I think they, they realized this was a mistake because I've never seen anything like it, you know, with the, with the whole movement against selling Dybala. I think they realized that a guy wants to stay and clearly people want him to stay. So let's let's try to build something. And every game he's playing better and better. The own goal uh, that um Brescia scored that was all him you know he earned that corner you know he supplied the corner we've we're finally showed some some strength um yeah um and yeah that was all him and you know I I I wanted him to show a little more character and and looks like he's um he's finally doing his thing and and I'm 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 happy to see him. You know, I I love Dybala. I just I just wanted him to show a little more character and he's been he's been doing great. All right. To finish up this podcast, we're going to do something fun. I posted this thread that <clears throat> I was very very popular more than I could have ever imagined. So, I posted four questions. We're going to answer them with you. Uh first question, player that made me start supporting Juve. And this is kind of to give a background on our fandom and you know, kind of reminisce a little bit. We're, we don't want to be too technical on this podcast. We want to have fun with it, too. So you tell me what, uh, who's the player that made you start supporting Juve and why? Okay. Um, I think in, in all honesty, it has to be Badger because um, sort of back in the 90s, we started to get coverage of Italian football here. And it was sort of, mid kind of 90s he was a just an amazing player he happened to be at Juve and he I would I always say that he I, I sort of caught the end of him at Juve he was the one that brought me to Juve but the player that was Del Piero so I feel like Del Piero but yeah it, it's it's always been drawn and the fact that um he, he was the captain he was the guy that this sort of stuck with 
synonymous with the club and and just just his character sort of matches Juve so much. So yeah, it's it's always been Del Piero. I think uh, I think it has to be him. How yeah. about you? Same, same. I always, I love telling the story of you know my first Champions League final in 1996. Um, there was a there was a guy who was older than me. We're in a community where I lived back home in Baku, Azerbaijan. Um, yeah, he um, oh. he kind of turned me on to it. He said, "Listen." You're gonna go watch that game because I was super excited, and he was he was older than me. He was he would always let me play with the big you know big boys, you know, play soccer, and uh, you know how we do back home. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he told me to to pay attention to to this player, and you know that was that was it for me. That was never supported another team uh, from then, and and Del Piero was obviously you know got to meet him last year, and uh, that was uh, that was just the the. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll tell that story later. The, the picture with Del Piero is hanging on my fridge along with the family photos and people who come in. It's like, really? Is this? I'm like, yeah, this is, this is the greatest photo I've ever taken. So, yeah, you know, Del Piero definitely has to be it. Um, what's your first jersey that had this player's name on it? Ah, um, I think mine was, uh, God, I think it must have been a, uh, 2000 and I think it was 2005 or 2006 my dad went to uh, Milan on business and he uh, I think he must have gone to the Juve store there if it, if it was there at that time but he came back with uh, with a Juve shirt from then uh, with Del Piero on the back and he got me like a, a Juventus mug so yeah that mm. that still kind of hangs in my uh, in my wardrobe it's that's awesome probably my favorite I, show. you know I, I talk to a lot of fans and a lot of Juve fans or uh, listen it can be any other team a lot of fans say that their parents went to Europe and they brought back a jersey that I had no idea about <laughs> so I started following the team because I had their jersey that's a very common um, it's a very common story so hey that's that's how it started I guess um Mine would be, you know, after the win in 1996, uh, I oh. made my, we couldn't afford, and we, listen, back in the 90s and in former USSR countries, you couldn't get a real jersey anywhere. So my dad bought me this bootleg, busted ass, uh, UV <laughs> jersey with, with, a, with a batch sawn on it. It was pretty well made, but it's still, uh -huh. you know, it was still super low rent. No name on the back. There was number 10. Uh, which is now peeling off. Yeah. But there's, I will, I will carry that jersey for the rest of my life because it's, it's. I don't think I've ever worn it because it's such bad quality. But it's just so near and dear to my heart to have that number ten on the back. And I had loads of sweaters with, you know, the the iron on with Del Piero's pictures on them. And I, and uh, my my mom actually before I met Del Piero, she dug up this old photo with me and my in my Del Piero sweater of him in a Juve jersey. Yeah, that, I mean Del, Del Piero's always been the king. Uh, who's your um, Who's your favorite current player on the roster? Ah, oh, that's a tough one. Um, you you can give, give me a couple of ones. Be... Uh, it's there's no right or wrong here. Okay, I mean for me, it's always going to be the old school guys. The, uh, we still have two players with us that were with us in in Serie B. So it would be uh, Chiellini and uh, and Buffon. Definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. Chiellini probably more so because, again, um, I think he kind of embodies what Juve are all about and he, 
kind of took over the captaincy um, from the, the the sort of legends that came before him. And he's, he's kind of a legend in his own right now as well. So, yeah, I, I think Chiellini probably... Yeah, no doubt. I, I don't know when Juve will update the stars around the around the stadium, or, you know, the legend stars, but um, I can definitely see them unveiling uh, Kellini star very soon. Uh, mine would be yeah. there, there's there's three and I'll tell you why. The old school. Okay. Obviously, the current player has to be Buffon, you know, player who's who was with us in the 90s and early 2000s. And now now, you know, with us now, which is just an amazing feat. Um the player who came during the resurgence has to be Pjanic. I love Pjanic. Um, I love okay. I love the the class that he brings to the team. I love that he's um, you know speaks like four or five languages. Very interesting interviewer. Yeah, he's he's great on social media. Yeah. And you know his son Eden. He's, 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 that's my baby. If they told me I could adopt <laughs> Eden, I would totally take him in. And one of the new <laughs> players that we signed recently has to be Delict. Um, he's my he's my son. Um, um, yeah. yeah, I mean those, those three players that currently. Of course, I love. Like I said on Twitter, I love all my babies, but uh, but those <laughs> those three definitely stand out. All right, question number four, and that will wrap up Turin Giants episode number three. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, sorry about a couple of glitches in the audio, but I think we I think we'll we'll survive. Question number four: Player I would bring back who is currently active and not. Obviously not on Juve. Who who would you bring back to help out a team right now? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people say Pogba, and I, I kind of get that. But I think I would probably choose Vidal slightly more so, just because of um, just because of the fact that we're we're kind of lacking that that sort of bite in midfield. And I think even though maybe he's he's older and he's you know his legs aren't what they are, but I would much rather have him in, in that midfield over, you know, like the likes of Matuidi or Bira. Uh Yeah, Vidal, it has to be. I'd love that. Drunken and, bastard. Definitely. <laughs> I don't know about and, you. What do you reckon? And uh, like I mentioned, you know, it's uh, this thread was really popular. I've, I've received more than 500 answers on Twitter and um, uh, on Reddit. Shoutouts to Reddit people, by the way. Um, follow, follow the Juve page on Reddit, which is reddit.com slash r slash Juve, uh, always fun to talk to those guys. And out of out of probably five hundred questions, uh, f- five hundred replies, um, one was Padoin. By the way, shout outs to that one person who said Padoin. <laughs> uh, but Pogba was probably ninety five percent of the answers. There was there was definitely Vidal sprinkled sprinkled in there, but um, yeah. uh, there was one Del Piero, there was one Pirlo. Uh, but they clearly didn't read the fine print, which was, you know, who's currently active. I love Vidal, but I think he's yeah. he, he's a little more, um, he's a little older now. And uh, I would totally bring Pogba. I am still hashtag Pogba all the way. I am such a sucker for him. I, I love the way he plays. And, you know, the fact that Manchester United is a mid-table team now uh, truly gives me joy. And I, and I really hope, you know, we can... We can work something out. I think. I think. I think we can totally use him in January. Never know. Never, Never know. know. Well, next summer. That's it for us, guys. Uh, again, we apologize for the for the couple of glitches in quality, but episode number three is is uh, in the books. Thank you for all your questions, and we will be uh, we'll be announcing 
you know the next episode and your where your questions and again thank you guys for participating it's always fun to hear from the fans rav dude you're the best thank you <laughs> thank you thank you and thank you to everyone that sent questions and uh everyone that's listening so yeah big shout out thanks guys we'll see you soon <laughs>